Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, we're back. Final hour of OutKick 360 on this Tuesday edition. Coming up in about 20 minutes, Pete Schoenthal. He's the CEO of Athliance, and it's a company... Uh, a software that allows players in NIL to input opportunities for their university's compliance department to also make sure that they're on the up and up with the NCAA and NIL regulations. Um, we will discuss with him where all this is headed and how he doesn't believe that marketing and branding is the most important faction of name image likeness moving forward. Again, that's in 20 minutes from now. Um, we don't talk a lot of uh, L.A. Lakers hoops on this show uh, here in the, the Mid-South. We'll get to a headline in just a moment regarding the coaching search for the Lakers, which is to me is just odd. You know, a marquee job like that with one of the all-time greats on the roster is having a struggle figuring out which coach they want to go with. That, that's coming up in a matter of minutes. First, though, Tom Brady and Netflix. We're going to have a roast. We're going to have ourselves a roast. He's getting roasted. And normally, you know, one of the more awkward moments for athletes, uh, for viewers like us who are watching hosts at like the ESPYs. Well, the ESPYs the worst. Tell the jokes, and then you go, you cut to the shot, and the the athletes can't laugh at themselves. Here is Brady, who will be. Roasted by a dais. I, I can't wait to find out who all they bring on. Maybe they've announced the full lineup. I don't know if they have or not. I'm sure your customary Comedy Central roasts roasters will be there, along with some other celebs that will have scripts written for them. But Brady will also have a chance to fire back. And that, that's what I'm looking most forward to, is whenever he takes to the podium for the roast. So the name of it, Paul, you were saying, is uh, it's the Groat. The greatest roast of all time is the name of the <laughs> yeah. series. And That's he's going to be the first episode. There's going to be other greatest that are going to be roasted. And he'll be great at getting roasted because he's great at everything. Yeah. But after that, I, I wonder how many guys. <sighs> well, it doesn't have to be sports people. Yeah. I'm guessing it's going to be sports centric. Yeah, maybe. But I, I don't know. And maybe that I'm wrong on that. Um, uh, Nikki, I'm forgetting the last name. Glazer is tremendous. Uh, Roth, uh, these these guys Jeff who Ross. did it on Jeff Ross, these guys who did it on Comedy Central were phenomenal, and the Comedy Central roasts were phenomenal. They were. But they really pushed good. the envelope a on how uncomfortable they make the person. You have to have the right kind of person who's uh, not only getting roasted, but the other people who are sitting up oh, there, all the comedians the are getting roasted too, get hit too. And I would imagine if you're doing a sports figure. You're going to have some other sports figures contribute to the roast, and then they, too, get roasted and hit by some of the fire. Oh, yeah. And so how uncomfortable is this going to be? And then, Hunt, I thought you raised really the best when we were prepping on this subject. 
you raised really the biggest issue. Well, I, I think you know Comedy Central can't go down this path anymore for you know the the perception of you know you can't say this this that or you can't laugh at this joke anymore you can't make fun of this cause or this issue. Uh, comedians are walking a tightrope. They're more guarded, and they're worried about being canceled. Lisa so, Lampanelli's another yeah, one. Uh, there you go, another one. Um, however, Chad, uh, the way Netflix treated Chappelle. That had this this has legs again, yeah, right? Because they backed Chappelle. They said, "No, we're not going to take this down." Well, not only that, uh, and I, I saw the story up at Outkick, but they released a, basically a new manifesto for all their employees that says, "If you've got a problem with artistic ex- expression in any way, this isn't the place for you." Because the person who led the walkout because of Dave Chappelle got fired, uh, and and it, that, that was the first one. I, I know uh, Sarandos, Ted Sarandos, the said, I could have handled some things a little bit differently with Dave Chappelle, but my stance on it stays the same. We're going to back Dave Chappelle. We're going to back any artist that we bring on uh, to express their art and ha- you know how they, they deem fit. I do think there's an element of that fear of being canceled, Hutton, you talked about with roast now. And that's fine. If and Netflix protects you, they can't protect you from the public. Correct. It doesn't mean that your that's tour's right. not going to get canceled. Or your special on HBO that you were working on is, is not going to get canceled. So that's a part of it. The other thing I immediately thought about with this is, how does the Will Smith slap change a person getting roasted by a comedian? Or does it? You know, that was a roast. That's what it turned into, right? It was Chris Rock making a joke a side joke about someone in front of him. But that, it, was, it wasn't even a roast. roast caliber joke. When you sit yeah. on that, I mean, it was mild. When you sit up there on that stage on that dais and you, cameras you should are rolling, know what's going to happen. You, you got to everything. Everything is open. But I just, I, I, it, I don't think that it, it, it obviously is not going to end roast because this can be a roast on, on Netflix. But I did immediately think, man, I never even allowed for the possibility of someone getting offended to the point of physically striking someone in a comedic setting at a comedy event. And I'm sorry, but when a comedian takes the stage at the Oscars, it's a comedy event at that point. They're going to do some sort His of comedy. His job is, yeah. So yeah. I, I just, again, I think that Will Smith was uh, a lunatic in that setting, and it's now shown the further we've gone away from it. So but, hopefully that doesn't impact anything else in the future, but it was in the back of my mind. Well, it may impact award shows. It's not going to – a celebrity who arrives to be a part of a roast <laughs> – you would hope isn't going to punch it's, the person. There's no way. I mean, uh, you're opening the door for so much at that point. You got to get yourself a See, little I, junk. I think uh, I think Peyton yeah. Manning would be good at both roasting Tom Brady yes. and getting roasted. Yes, I think he'll laugh at whatever they jokes they make about his forehead and everything else they're going to talk about I, with Peyton. I Manning. also wondered though, and look, I think anything Brady does is going to be top flight, right? I think we probably all agree on that, but. Um, <laughs> is everything open when you go into a roast, or is, is Tom well, right. Brady going to lay out, hey, we can't touch this or this? Ask Charlie Sheen. And how much? How <laughs> well, much? Charlie Sheen just needed the paychecks. How much warning? Do you everything get? was open. How much warning do you get? Are, are you reading people's stuff beforehand? Oh, absolutely not. not. No, you that, want the authentic I, reaction. I agree. But in order <laughs> for uh, it to be less of a shock to the system, are you? going along with everything, but you already know what's coming uh, and stuff like that. You know, can it be a somewhat scripted 
roast. I don't think that you could ever. It would not be a roast Ring if true. the if the roastee I agree. was able to I'm read the roaster's material beforehand. I do think though, bullet points to land Tom Brady in something like this that he hasn't done before. Yeah, I think his management has written in there. Maybe you know avoid this topic or this topic, whatever it is. Who's I don't know what it? I don't know what it would be. Is it? Uh, it's a good question. Is it his group? I don't know. I just saw a tweet, and I don't think it said that much. Is what I passed on, right? I'll, was, I'll find. Uh, I'll find out right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, if things are off the off the table for this, it weakens um, it. Any kind it of restriction it, weakens it, it. It weakens it, but man, they, there is so so much meat on the bone. It's rich. Yeah. So much primary meat on the bone, not right, secondary meat. Right. Yeah, not the it's secondary. It's not cut. a secondary cut or at all. This is cut. a prime. This is prime rib. Prime is what this cut. is. The prime rib cut of uh, of. Uh, uh, of a roast. So does it say who, who's producing their chat? Yeah. It's got quotes from Brady on this too. Uh, this is from variety who broke the story. Uh, Netflix ready to roast Tom Brady to quote my good friend, Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here. So I won't get fined. Brady said Brady will serve as an Not executive funny. producer on this one and future roast. He's an executive producer of the whole series. His roast will be filmed in 2023 following this next season. Well, that's an event. He's going to get a return on investment there for being the executive producer, putting yeah, money up and, to produce it, and then he's going to get paid based on whatever comes of this. There, uh, there's also quotes from Netflix's vice president of stand-up and comedy formats, who says, <laughs> "We can't wait to burn three-time Super Bowl losing quarterback Tom Brady, who only went back to the NFL in order to delay this roast." In all seriousness, it's a huge thrill to work with the greatest football player of all time in this project. No one's better at taking hits and still coming out on top. So we know this roast will be a breeze for Brady. I mean, it sounds to me like they're going to get legit comedians to roast him, and he's fine with it. Did you see his video of him riding his bike through New York? Yes. And I it's got to be everybody talking about him not wearing a helmet. Well, I mean, he's going about five <laughs> miles per hour. Every, every, every headline like I see, people are just astonished. That, doesn't, on the front of that doesn't control the taxi drivers. <laughs> His well, speed has nothing to do with how fast like the taxi drivers are driving around like Dorothy and Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the the basket, going. yes. Well, there was there was one. It was like a motorcycle that went by him. He's like, "Go ahead, come on by me." Uh, but I didn't see it. It's not like he's he's not riding on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Uh, but it it was it was cool, and he's he's doing that to promote his new cl- clothing brand that he's got. Like I saw a response to it, and it was like, "Okay, you got me. I'll go ahead and sign up." And then it was a. A uh, screenshot of the receipt. Someone went and bought the shirt that he was promoting on uh, the bike. Paul, you're going to love this about the roast. So additional info and the people who will be roasting Brady will be announced at a later date. But co-production company for this project is a production company run by Jeff Ross. All right. So well, Jeff Ross, the king roaster, is a part of the project. Very encouraging. The- and Jeff Ross, I mean, at Comedy Central backing away from roasts hurt Jeff Ross substantially. Because I don't know that Jeff Ross is good at comedy outside of Rose. Yeah, so we've not seen him shine in other he was the formats. Rose Master. It says Rose, hosted by the Friars Club, Comedy Central, and the Netflix series Historical Roast, have earned Ross the nickname the Roast Master General. He's good. He is good. Game one tonight: Heat and Celtics of the Eastern Conference Finals. Seven thirty ESPN is the tip-off time for that. I'm sick of rooting for teams I don't like, and now I'm a Heat fan. <laughs> Now you're with Miami. Uh, Miami the teams hosting I, Boston. I don't like, I don't know much about. Go no, eat. No Lakers in the postseason. Uh, they've still yet to determine who's going to be their next coach. Um, Bill Plaschke with the LA Times 
he was asked recently in an interview with Doug Gottlieb uh, his thoughts on what Phil Jackson, who's an advisor to all this with what's going on with, with the L.A. Lakers. And again, I, I find all this odd that one of the top jobs, if we just were lining up coaching jobs in professional sports, the Lakers would be pretty high on our list in the grand scheme of things. And right now, I mean, the, the guys are interviewing. You're, you're, Bunch of no-names. Yeah, you're, you're left uh, uh, retreads or no-names, and you're thinking, well, what is going on here? But Plaschke said that he would, he would say that Phil Jackson, if asked, would trade LeBron James from their big plan and keep and invest in Russell Westbrook. Um, now, that's also tying in with today's report that every one of these coaching interviews with the organization has been asked how they plan on integrating Russell Westbrook into their scheme. What scheme is going to best help Russell Westbrook succeed in Los Angeles? So, uh, and look, uh, what, LeBron's 37. He's closer to the end of his career than, you know, his prime. Uh, so, well, he's still playing at a very high level whenever he's available. But he's not the same guy. And huh? if you're looking to get return on investment, do you do that now? Because he's setting up, his dream is to play on the same team with his son, Bronny. And he, he wants to last that long. His his son's about want, to go into college. His last year he is he wants his last year or around that last year to be with his son. And there is already speculation that that will be in Cleveland. They will he will wrap up his career in Cleveland Third on one last contract. I, I, I one minor difference. You said how the coaching candidates were being asked. How will you utilize Russ, Russell Westbrook? I, I what I read I thought was mm-hmm. how would you utilize West, Russell Westbrook like it was an open-ended question like if we decide to keep him collectively us and you how would you utilize him you read it more as how will you utilize him like he's definitely here uh Sam Amick uh in his report at the athletic wrote despite the widely held belief that the Lakers would try to find a way to trade Westbrook before the start of next season sources say their coaching candidates have been asked to discuss how they would use him in their system during interviews so that 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 doesn't sound like it's definitely there, but probably there. I the guess. takeaway for candidates, it seems, is that maximizing Westbrook's presence after his disastrous season is considered an important part of this job. Yeah. That, that's uh, and Westbrook. I think they'd be no, better off without both of them if they yes. could get good returns. Well, Westbrook is no spring chicken either. He's thirty-three. Um, that's odd. I, I, look, if I, I I'm not interviewing for the GM job of the Lakers if I'm a coach, but I would want to start anew. I mean, I'd want to build a new core. You're the Lakers. You can go attract top-level free agents, and you can sign and trade max chips deals. off of these two guys. Yeah, go find someone else that someone else drafted that's going to be a great player, and you can sign them to a max deal, and then build through the draft and build with a younger core. I, I don't see any possible greatness coming for the Lakers. Honestly, building around LeBron James or Russell Westbrook at this point. LeBron James is still great when available, but. I mean, if I'm picking one or the other, I'm, I'm building around LeBron James before Russell Westbrook. Uh, yeah, I'm too. And I'm keeping him and getting rid of Westbrook. Plasky said, I've heard that Phil would like LeBron traded. I do know that Phil would like to keep Westbrook and try to make that work with him. That is to the Doug Gottlieb show. That was last week. I, again, there's some weird under-the-radar stuff where because they're not in the postseason, I don't know if it's certainly being covered out in Los Angeles, but one of the greatest – to ever play could be traded by the Lakers. We saw it with Shaq, but 
LeBron. But that was a showdown, too. That was yeah. me or him. Is there any talk of, of Phil as a candidate for this job? I mean, I, I know. No, I don't think so. I think everything. he's just he's solely a solely a advisor, advisor. here because, you know, his ex-girlfriend is the owner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just had to look at it to make sure that there were exes. I knew they were together. I didn't know if they were still together or not. Genie Bus. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it odd, though? Yes. It's very odd also watching Winning Time and seeing Genie Bus in college on the show or just right out of college and starting out working for her dad for the Lakers and knowing that this woman will eventually date Phil Jackson. <laughs> so I'm thinking the whole time, this woman will eventually date a much older Phil Jackson. Coming up, Pete Schoenthal is the CEO of Athliance. Uh, he will tell us about the future of name, image, likeness, where we're headed from a business perspective for athletes across the college landscape and compliance with all of this, guardrails to stay within, and where the big money actually is. He says it's not with marketing and branding being the most important faction of name, image, likeness. He'll tell you his thoughts on what is the most important. That's next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Name, image, likeness at the forefront of the college discussion. Outkick 360 rolls on. Pete Schoenthal is the CEO of Athliance. You can follow him on Twitter, at NIL Pete, and he's nice enough to join us across the Outkick network. Pete, great to have you on the show, man. Hope you're well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I work in NIL, so life is pretty relaxing, not a whole lot going on. So <laughs> yeah. glad I could join. Athliance is an app. I'll let you pick up here. Tell us what Athliance does for student athletes. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks for having me on. Athliance is a NIL uh, disclosure and education platform that we license to schools. So when their student athletes get NIL deals, they can easily disclose the terms into the app. So compliance can make an eligibility determination and make sure that student athletes are not getting taken advantage of. Um, we also make sure that student athletes have all of their tax information and all of their data. And so do the schools for recruiting purposes. And then within the app, we also have over 90 educational videos on life skills and financial literacy, such as what's a credit uh, report, what's a credit score, what to look for when leasing or buying a car, how to get an LLC, all things like that. Uh, we're, we're trying to give student athletes those entrepreneurial spirit. So when they go out to the real world, uh, they can succeed. But what we also realized is student athletes don't want to disclose deals or they're not doing it because they have so much on their plate. So we've also created another software for collectives, agents, marketplaces, where you can do the disclosure for the athlete and make sure it gets to the school. Um, so we're basically focused on making sure schools and all parties in the space are in the know so we can actually protect these kids. So in, in a way, the the player can go to the app. They could, in essence, see what's available through a collective, for instance, all the sponsors, whatever it might be, and they can choose where they would like to you know, sign up and, and potentially endorse a product, whatever it might be. Does it work like that to where 
uh, if they're approached, they can log in, and at the same time, if they'd like to be considered for something, they can also opt in? Yeah, that's not on our platform. So what we do is, what you basically described is collectives and marketplaces, where athletes go and broker deals, okay, and get their NIL deals. We make sure that that information is automatically sent to the universities so that the schools can make sure that nobody is running afoul of eligibility issues. Gotcha. How much do eligibility issues matter now that the NCAA president stepped down, that the future of the NCAA seemingly is in flux? I know, I know they had the statement that they're going to retroactively look at collectives and what's been going on, but as you look at this right now, Pete, how uncertain are athletic departments you work with, people you talk to around sports? How uncertain are they about the future of rules in the NCAA and what, how much thinner that rule book might get here very soon? So, so you gave me a few avenues to discuss, so I'm going to break it down for you. As it pertains to the student-athletes and their eligibility, right now the NCAA is doing the smart thing and not going after student-athletes in the NIL space. But what we also do is we protect universities from that lack of institutional control claim where they can say, look, we're not turning a blind eye. We're not, you know, we're doing everything we can to know what's going on. So if there are issues with our boosters, there are issues with these marketplaces, we can correct it and protect our athletes. Because what the NCAA can do is go after schools and I believe even boosters based on what they did last Monday. And I think it's important to really understand where we are from an NIL standpoint. So if you don't mind, I'm going to give you a timeline because I think it's really going to help understand uh, where we are. Yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. So first of all, this all started from California, basically saying we're doing NIL and the NCAA saying not over our dead body. And California said, great, we're going to sue you in federal court and we'll talk about employment and amateurism. And the NCAA said, okay, let's do NIL. Um, But that was supposed to begin 2023. Then out of nowhere, uh, my great state of Florida said, we're going to start this July of 2021. So there was a mad dash. Schools were dealing with COVID. The NCAA wasn't sure how they wanted to proceed. Then beginning um, in November of 2020, the NCAA actually gave us some pretty good uh, guidelines on a proposal. And it was school, you know, athletes have to disclose their deals. Schools should stay out of the marketplaces and brokering deals no vice categories, Um, monitor your boosters, schools. It's up to you on how you want to run your trademarks. Um, You have to treat athletes the same as students when it comes to facilities, really straightforward stuff. Like student athletes were going to be able to do what they want. Then Alston happened. Um, Alston is a case that has kind of thrown everyone for a loop where the NCAA lost nine, nothing. And everyone gets caught up in Justice Kavanaugh's dicta which is basically an opinion uh, that isn't the law and means nothing. All right. Think about Dave Chappelle in that skit where he says, like, I plead the fifth, smacks the water and runs. (laughs) That's kind of what Justice Kavanaugh did. But what really came out of Alston, all right, was the following. Neil Gorsuch, the, the Supreme Court justice that wrote the opinion, said the NCAA is a governing body and has the right to be so. They are um, allowed to put uniform rules to ensure competitive balance. So long as those rules are reasonable um, and there might be antitrust issues. So if you combine the, the, the third part with what Justice Kavanaugh said, everyone started yelling, the NCAA is dead. And so the NCAA had to think about their rules a little deeper, which is why they punted and gave us three rules. They gave us no inducement, pay for play, 
uh, no pay for play and a quid pro quo, which means you have to do something. You have to actually use your NIL. It's something, Pete, that I've read a lot with people is saying that we need to do what's right for the student athlete and allow them to make money in a free market while also maintaining uh, amateurism. I don't know. How, how would you reconcile the two of those with free market, uh, with people that own businesses willing to pay money for advertisers, whoever they see they want to advertise their product, but that's somehow being stopped in the interest of amateurism? How do you marry the two? Well, I don't think it is. I think we need to be really clear about what's happening in the space, and it's not NIL. We are calling everything NIL, but really a lot of what we're talking about with the need for more rules and regulations, um, which I think, again, uh, the NCAA on Monday did not give us new rules. They defined rules in the context of recruiting rules, okay? So that's where I think they can retroactively go, um, and I, we can touch on it. But name, image, and likeness is defined as the three elements of the right of individuals to control the deployment of their identity, influence, and association commerce. It's the right to publicity, all right? What's happening in the space is we have people who are bribing and inducing kids to leave colleges, come to their school, or we have boosters dealing with recruits. That is not NIL. I do believe that amateurism is on its way out. I believe that we're probably going towards employment status, but employment status doesn't mean salaries. It doesn't mean that we're even going to pay these student athletes. That's a ways away. What it is, is I think we're on the way where these student athletes at least have to have the right to have a seat at the table, to be a part of the rules that they're given. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, we're going there. So back, going back to your timeline, you know, California comes up with their, we're going to do NIL. NCAA says no, says, okay, we'll take you to federal court. NCAA bows down and says, okay, yeah, we'll do NIL. If I am a quote-unquote booster, I'm an alumni of any big college football school, let's say, and I own multiple businesses, and I go to a prospect in California, and I want to get that prospect to endorse what I'm doing, and I put nothing on a contract, but I tell him, hey, you're a lot more valuable to me if you go to my alma mater because I have a lot more clients and a lot more customers that support this school, and you will make this much money in doing so. If the NCAA came back and said, nope, can't do that, that that's, that's unlawful, that's against our rules, not going to happen, what's to stop me from taking that to federal court and saying, you, the NCAA, can't tell me, business owner, who I spend money with when the state law goes over you and says this person can receive money in high school? To me, that yes. may be the next step in this. Do you foresee that happening? Yes, it's actually a great question and a great point. And a lot of people are like, ha ha, NCAA, you're dead on that. I'm, uh, as Lee Corso said, not so fast, my friend. Um, because what's going to happen is, is when you take what Neil Gorsuch really said about the reasonable rules, if I'm a booster and I challenge that, those reasonable rules have to do with competitive balance. So what the courts are going to do is they're going to do an analysis between a restriction on commerce versus the ability to enforce rules that effectuate competitive balance for uniform rules. I'm going to be honest. I don't think any lawyer in the country knows how a court is going to rule on that. And I think a lot of that's going to depend on what jurisdiction that case is filed in. And then we'll have to see as it works its way up to the Supreme Court. But I think college sports is so ingrained in our, in our culture and our nation and not a single division one um, conference, okay, has schools from a single state. 
that makes it a national issue. And I think the NCAA is going to be able to argue that although that might have some form of restriction on commerce, it totally upsets the balance of competitive um, balance, if you will. And that's their argument. Now, the question is going to be, who are they protecting, right? Are they protecting the athletes from a competitive balance? Or are they, you know, they protecting their own schools? And it's going to be an analysis, but I do think that is absolutely the next step. Pete Schoenthal is the CEO of Athliance, and uh, he joins us on Outkick 360. You can follow him on Twitter, at NILPete. So you want to help and uh, inform and protect student-athletes who are, who are coming into all of this. In, in your view, how different is the uh, traditional, shady, backroom booster who is operating in the dark in the old system from these new collectives who are operating now in, in a degree more daylight anyway. You know, they've got Twitter accounts. They're, they're yep. coming on shows like ours and the like. W- w- compare and contrast the two. Yeah, so I think one of the issues is, is that we have one word for collective and there's just so many different um, types. And I think most are doing it the right way. I think the difference is, is that the people that used to work in the shadows just think there's no rules anymore. So there's just a lot more of them and they're a lot more brazen and brash. Um, but they're, they're, you know, again, a lot of what some of those collectives are doing when, if they are doing the bad, um, it's just not NIL deals. It's just a way to funnel money to kids to get them to go to a school. And that's just not what this was for. In fact, that gives the detractors who were against NIL, the I told you so, and, that, and that's a shame. But most are doing it the right way. Um, and by disclosing it to your school, you're, if you're a collective and you're doing it the right way, just disclose it to your school. You can uh, contact me. Um, we have a free software for you. And that way you're in the clear. You are off the hook as a student athlete and a collective if you just let the school know what you're doing, and then it's on them if there's an issue. Hey, we told you, school, you didn't let us know from an eligibility issue that there was a problem, so now it's on you. And by the way, the schools want that responsibility and that pressure. Pete, I know that if you if you survey 10 people, I'd, I'd say eight to nine of them would say, hey, the most important faction of NIL is marketing and branding, and that's where the money's going to be. I know you don't agree with that. Uh, where... Where is where has it gone, and where is the money likely to be made, and, and endorsements and everything else, especially with social media, as Paul just touched on? Yeah, I don't know if I 100% disagree with it, but you know, we get a lot of questions on data and predicting the future, and this is a new space. And I caution anyone involved or listening to remember that there's no such thing as an expert in something that never existed before, <laughs> right? And and we have a lot of people acting like experts in this space, right? A lot of non-lawyers making uh, uh, legal claims, a lot of lawyers that don't practice in a certain area, acting like experts in a certain area, misleading a lot of people. Like one of the big things we're seeing is schools just are totally ignoring Title IX issues. I think that's the next thing we see in the space. But I think collectives have a really strong spot in this space to do it the right way. Like I'll give you an example. Let's talk uh, Tallahassee. I'm a Florida State fan, right? And... Uh, let's say there's a uh, Gunther's chicken and they want to have the starting five on a billboard uh, on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. And let's just say a billboard costs 10,000 and uh, to get an athlete on a billboard, it's 10,000 an athlete. They're going to be up there for a month. That's pretty reasonable. Me as a business though, I've only got 10,000. I need another 50,000. What a collective could do then is come into the business and say, we're going to give you that $50,000. 
So you can, you know, you can promote your business and that money goes to the athlete. And now you're actually using your NIL. And that's how these, these collectives can really do a great job in actually getting involved in NIL and spreading some real money around. Whenever we, but when it comes to, sorry, but when it comes to marketing and branding and the social media, that's always going to be there. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Student athletes are doing a good job. Camps, lessons, autographs, merch, memorabilia. It's only going to get better and better. I think the one thing that nobody's figured out is the fan experience, right? Um, having a, a one-stop shop to sell your merch and your T-shirts and your memorabilia where fans don't have to go to 80 different websites for 80 different athletes. Where did you think we would, uh, based on what, where have you adjusted your mindset on this since we started in July of 2021 to May of 2022? Meaning when you... When Athliance was when the site was launched and it references July first, twenty twenty one, on the website to to today, where has the landscape maybe gone furthest to to compare to maybe where it's been slower than what you would expect? Yeah. So weirdly enough, I I thought we'd be where we are. Um, you have to understand when any space of life, when you have a piece of legislation announced, whether it's NIL, criminal law, civil law. You get a vague statute, people push the envelope, uh, maybe look for the loopholes. Then you further define that legislation, which is what we had last Monday. Then you launch your investigations, you punish people, and then you usually get a uniform space. And I mentioned earlier, we're about 36 to 48 months from that quote unquote utopia of NIL, I think. So I, I, I think we're just in that, that natural progression. Now, the one thing that changed was the collectives. Okay. Nobody saw them coming, but if you knew what you were looking at early on, you could see them coming. And it all started with Dan Lambert and top team Jim at Miami. Okay. When he did that team deal for the U- university of Miami football players, which said, I'm going to pay every student, uh, every football player on scholarship, $600 a month to promote my gym. If they post on their social media, um, which is $6,000 a year. Um, everyone was like, Whoa, what's going on here? Is that legal? I thought that deal was fine. I think if student athletes have five, 10, 15, 20,000 followers and they're promoting a gym, I mean, I think $500 is reasonable. The thing was, and we said it, and I don't want to pat myself on the back, but if you know anything about college athletics, you know, it's a game of one-upsmanship and every booster in the country saw that and said, oh, I can do that. And they just started one up at each other, one up at each other. And that's where we're at. So I think the one thing that no one saw was the collectives. And we just have to get to a place where we can regulate them and make sure they're doing it the right way. And then I think we're going to be fine. What is your hope for the next leader of the NCAA? What type of person do they need to take us to this next arena of NIL? Be proactive, not reactionary. The biggest issue with the NCAA is they're reactionary because they thought they were untouchable. Recognize where we're going. Listen, if I'm the NCAA and I think that uh, employment rights are coming, I'm calling athletes bluffs and I'm very pro-athlete, right? I want the athletes to do as well as they can. But I say call their bluff. We're going we're gonna to deem you employees. We're going to let you unionize and let's collectively bargain. Good luck getting 500,000 athletes to get on the same page and, and you know have a common goal. You're going to see 200 people come out of the woodwork saying, I want to be the union leader. They're not going to be able to get anything done. And then if you're the NCAA, you get to sit back and say, see, we told you so. You know, we're, we're trying to do what's right for the athletes. That's my fear of what could happen if the NCAA smartens up. 
Um, we always hear in the NFL, like billionaires beat up on the millionaires. That's not what it is. It's 32 people with a common interest always do better against 2,500 people with different statuses and they don't care. And that could happen to college athletics. And so for the student athletes out there, just be careful what you wish for and make sure you're preparing for that fight. Cause I'm telling you it's coming. And if the NCAA wants to win, they should start doing the same. Pete Schoenthal, the CEO of Athliance. Uh, Pete, thank you so much for the insight, man. This has been great, a great conversation, and it certainly won't be the last time we have you on because things change across this landscape quite quite quickly. It changes daily. I used to have hair before this started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thanks. All right, there's, guys. There's NIL Pete. You can follow him on Twitter there. Overall, seems optimistic about what it can be or will yeah, ultimately I mean, be, right? But it, I think it's important what we touched on at the very end there, the leadership, the proactive leadership, Chad. Which that's is not, what everybody's That's not for. what we've had, and that's why we are where we are. I just don't know how the NCAA can move forward trying to enforce laws if they don't pay the athlete something to where they can, like he said, they can unionize, mm-hmm. you can have collective bargaining, then you set rules for your business as paid employees everyone abides by these rules then you have that's where you truly have a fair system if you want to get into that that's the only way to do it though and now the news report comes out just while we're doing that interview that the ncaa spent 370 million dollars over the last two years in outside legal fees alone fighting these things was interesting when losing these these cases i was very interested in what he said about schools are dealing with kids coming from multiple states and so that the state restrictions yeah. wouldn't necessarily be seen by the courts as applying to them in, in the way we might think. Also intriguing to, to hear him talk on collectives. No one saw them coming. I wonder what the next thing is that no, no one, one saw coming, coming because there will be something with this that no one's predicting. And that will throw another huge wave into the ripple effect that is name image likeness right now across the landscape. Yeah, I mean the the collective thing. It's difficult to say no one no one saw that coming. It's just a version of what everyone saw coming. And he well, talked about the gym owner in Miami paying yeah. every player on the team. We knew that boosters that own businesses were going to get involved in swaying players to come to their school. I guess that we weren't just immediately saying, well, they're all going to team up and form a collective. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's someone organizing it, but it's all these people who are rich and own businesses that are funneling money into it, all joining up together. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Uh, coming up, the, the price tag at Augusta National compared to the price tag at the PGA Championship for concessions. Um, wait until you see what, what people will be paying at Southern Hills in Tulsa this weekend. We've got that. Plus, we look ahead to game one tonight between Miami and Boston on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. ESPN has announced they have started production on a new 30 for 30. 
Outkick 360 rolls on. The 30 for 30 will be on the 2000-2001 Baltimore Ravens. Get ready for Ray Lewis, Rod Woodson, Brian Billick. That will be good. Trent Dilfer. That has, uh, that has some epic potential for sure. A lot um, of uh, Eddie George and Jeff Fisher, Steve I McNair. So ESPN having their upfronts right now, and I've been following the news on that as well. The Mannings presented, The Rock presented for the XFL on stage. Uh, they also brought on John McEnroe and announced that they're going to have a Peyton's Places McEnroe edition. So just like they have Eli's show for college football, Peyton for the NFL, McEnroe is going to do a tennis edition of it. And it's going to be McEnroe's Places or whatever they're going to call it. But John McEnroe is going to have his ESPN Plus show. I love McEnroe. So I will give anything a full uh, go. But I can't imagine it'd be too tennis centric because America's not very into tennis. Um, Except old time. Hopefully he can, you know, do <clears throat> he some can make it interesting. solid interviews. Yeah. Uh, so a bottled water at Augusta National is two dollars. It is six dollars this weekend at the PGA Championship, and that's like okay. You you go to practically anywhere now, uh, and it, a bottle of water can be between four and six dollars. Yeah, I mean, right? in any arena or stadium. So here here we are at Southern Hills in Tulsa for the PGA Championship. So I'm going to compare this to Augusta, which is I mean. It's very hard to compare anything to Augusta in prices. But Augusta is the standard for reasonable. It's the last major to the next major on price tags. Um, soft drinks. Uh, I'm just looking at the, the hard liquor and beer here. Okay, so domestic beer, $4 at Augusta. Import beer, $5. And then there's an American craft beer, which is $5. Um, Michelob Ultra at... The PGA Championship 18. is $18. Stella is 19 The Kona Big Wave Golden Ale is $15. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer is $19, Chad. One of your favorite drinks. Oh, yes. The organic, organic seltzer is the way to go, too. Cocktails, Not just any seltzer. Cocktails are $15. So you can get a cocktail or a Golden Ale for the same price. Souvenir cocktails, $19. I mean, this is this is pretty steep. If you're not bringing your cash uh, or a credit card yeah. <laughs> instead of a ten dollar bill and expecting to walk in and and serve yourself, that's quite get ready. steep. Well, quite I, steep. I um, I hear that and I think, man, fifteen dollars for a cocktail is not not all that bad. The rest of it's outrageous. I also laughed earlier because at the press availability, they asked Brooks Kepka. About the, the high price of Michelob Ultra, not realizing <laughs> Brooks Kepka is a huge Michelob Ultra endorser. So he said, "That's not." He's like, uh, 18 bucks for a tall boy? Not too <laughs> bad." He yeah. said, "Just drink a bunch of them, you'll be fine." I'll yeah. shotgun one right now. He said, "Drink a bunch, you'll be one. fine." Yeah, I love what they're doing at Michelob Ultra. <laughs> I think that thing's that's worth, a steal at that I mean, price. That thing should be twenty five dollars a tall Man. boy. That's a two by two by four. <laughs> Come on, eighteen that's bucks. Steep, that's a steal. Man. Really, really expensive. A lot of money. Too much. Uh, they have, uh, uh, Chad, you mentioned, and this will be a story we can hit on tomorrow as well, how much the NCAA paid in, in legal fees, like attorney's fees and all that. You said it was $100 million plus. Yes. 370 370 Um They, let's see, they in their filings have announced a total revenue of $1.1 billion. And media rights revenues of nine hundred fifteen point eight million, so they can afford yeah, it. Yeah, that doesn't seem so bad anymore. Mark Emmert made two point nine 
Well, again, this is this is where automatically you're going to come back, and it's an easy second guess to say, well, you know, if you were really being proactive, maybe that three hundred seventy million could have gone elsewhere and avoided some of these problems, and maybe have the unionizing that you want and just pay athletes and make them employees of the school as well as students of the school, and they make a little bit, and then we see where it goes from there and see if they can organize to a level to get more. Could have avoided it, but instead you Could spent. Have. But there's a group of attorneys that got paid a heck of a lot of money to work on your behalf. And they're happy to spend that as the price of doing business. Can, I want to give a quick uh, pop culture note here that okay. I just saw this news come Please across. Do. It made me very, very excited. And I was at an event last night talking to someone about Yellowstone and how they're debuting all these shows with a different year. 1883 was 1883 for the Dutton family. The next show just announced, I guess this was at an upfront, will be 1932. The stars of this show, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, will star in the Paramount Plus show 1932 as members. It's about an old they haven't, couple. They haven't said who they are yet in the family, but members of the Dutton family in Montana in 1932. Sold. I am on board for this. So it's going to be 32, and then the next year Tim, will be... Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Sam Elliott star in 1883. Right. And Tim McGraw is the sort of patriarch of the Dutton family going west mm-hmm. and go, getting to Montana. Uh, there's one 1932, and the other rumor, I think, was like 1978. So it'll be every generation will they're, be they're going to have a. They're trying to cast a young Kevin Costner in one of them, like a high school-age Kevin Costner, of course, who's now... The old man on the ranch. And I heard in 78 the, there'll be references to the uh, world champion New York Yankees. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Dutton's are big fans. Thanks to our guests. If you missed portions of the show, be sure to check out the podcast. You can download that audio wherever you download your podcast. Just search out Outkick 360. Back at it tomorrow across the Outkick Network. Do not block the box and kindly lock your lock.